Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is headquartered in Atlanta. The CDC may not be top of mind until there's an outbreak of some infectious disease or images of scientists in hazmat suits in the news. But the work of health leaders and innovators goes on outside of headline-level crises. Who are these figures advocating for public health, and what are the important causes that they're addressing? Well, one podcast brings those discussions out of CDC labs and conference rooms. So as health secretary, I'm sure you are confronted with a myriad of health issues that citizens and politicians want you to address. How do you prioritize these, and how does data factor into those decisions? The CDC Foundation's podcast, Contagious Conversations, recently launched its second season. Claire Stinson, you heard there, is host, and she joins me now in the studio. Claire, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So you're Senior Communications Officer for the CDC Foundation. How is the foundation different from the federal agency, the CDC? That's a really good question. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is a federal agency that protects America from health threats. The CDC Foundation is an independent nonprofit that really was created by Congress to support and extend the life-saving work of CDC through public-private partnerships. Okay, so the CDC proper also does a number of podcasts about variety of topics, you know, threat of mosquitoes, dangers of high sodium intake. Mm -hmm. What do you do that's different? So we really wanted to provide a forum to have some really interesting conversations with health leaders and gain per- so our audience could gain perspective on their backstory, their career path, how they became the CEO of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, um, and why their work is so important because they're making the, worth, the world healthier and safer for us all. So you've covered a lot of variety of topics, social issues that affect everyone to specific diseases like polio. Mm-hmm. How do you pick the issues and people that you feature in the podcast? So we really wanted to choose thought-provoking guests. Uh, we wanted to interview people that had an, a really interesting career path. And they really are the health leaders that are really working to make this pla- this world a healthier place. So we knew Maren McKenna well in Atlanta. She's an investigative journalist that co- covers health topics here in Atlanta. Um, Dr. Lex Frieden is considered the architect of the Americans with Disabilities Act with a truly inspiring backstory. Um, We have the CEO of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Dr. Sue Desmond-Hellman. These are really inspiring people, and it's been an honor to interview them, honestly. Well, let's get a little sense of that. Your guests are often leaders in the public health sector, as you mentioned. Season one, you spoke with Lex Frieden, architect of the Americans for Disabilities Act, as you mentioned. In this current season, you spoke with Dr. Rebecca Gee. She's secretary of the Louisiana Department of Health. Let's hear a little. Hepatitis C kills more Americans than all other infectious diseases combined. And so as a public health challenge, really nothing is as significant as hepatitis C in our time. Also, hepatitis C has a cure. Unlike the common cold or HIV, we actually have a cure for hepatitis C. Dr. Gee said she has the goal to change the cost equation for her state and and reach universal cure certainly a noble goal. Why highlight this effort? 
she's really proud of this effort in Louisiana, and she really wanted to explain why it is so important in her state and really for the country. And she's done so much to impact the health of Louisianians, and it was really inspiring to talk to her. It's a really expensive drug that is used to treat hepatitis C. So Mm -hmm. how is she going to make that work? How does she propose? She really wants to work with a lot of different people to work on the cost equation there. She talks a little bit more about it in the podcast, and I would defer to her on that. But I I do think she has a really inspiring um, career path and backstory, and she has been both a patient and a caregiver, and she really brings both of those roles to everything she does in her work in Louisiana. That's an ambitious goal. How about uh, some of the boldest healthcare policy conversations you've heard of during your time creating the podcast? Anything come to mind? Mm, Well, I've interviewed some really inspiring people that had a lot of ambitious goals. Dr. Rich Besser, CEO of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, said he wants to change the world. And he's had that goal since he was in um, medical school. So I, I really, it's been fascinating to interview all of these amazing people. Let's hear a little bit of your conversation with Dr. Rich Besser. People have to make healthy choices. But oftentimes we don't reflect on the fact that for many people, they don't have healthy choices. And the the choices that we make so much depend on on the choices that we have. And we want to make sure that that everyone has those healthy choices to make. That's a big conversation there. You know, obviously policy can do so much. But what kind of steps are being taken to bridge health inequality gaps? The kind of things he's talking about that you don't even have those choices. So he, Dr. Bessard makes a point of talking about the fact that um, social justice is a really important goal for him. Uh, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is working to build a culture of health in America. He really gets into that in his episode. And he talks about in his episode that healthy choices are important, but you have to have those choices available to you. Who is the audience you're trying to reach here? So we are trying to reach anyone that has an interest in public health, really. But students have been a really important audience for us because I ask almost every single one of my guests what advice they have for future public health leaders of America. So honestly, if you're a student out there and you're interested in public health, I would suggest listening to Contagious Conversations because these are the leaders in public health that are providing some really inspiring advice. Any of those bits of advice stick out for you? Yes. Uh, Dr. Sue Desmond-Hellman, who is the CEO of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, she works for Bill Gates, said never stop learning. Hmm. And to me, that resonates. Good advice for all of us. Yes. So how can ordinary people, though, without medical degrees, advocate for public health? I mean, does that podcast provide that kind of insight or action items for listeners? I don't think it's as much about the action items as it is just a better understanding of what people are doing in our world to improve public health. Public health is the science of improving and protecting people's lives and health at the community level. And that what an inspiring goal for anyone to learn about. Um, so honestly, and we say at the CDC Foundation that public health connects us all. I'm speaking with Claire Stinson, host of Contagious Conversations. It's a podcast from the CDC Foundation. Season two of the podcast just launched. Claire, you asked your audience what public health is, means to them in the How to Truly Change the World episode. What kind of responses did you get from them? We got some interesting responses. Uh, Public health means something different to everyone. A lot of people don't really understand what it is, Mm -hmm. to be honest, but the responses we got were inspiring because they were at a personal level. Um, I think Dr. Besser was the one that says that a lot of people don't think about public health until there's a breakdown, until you need access to clean water, until you need to be treated for a disease. You know, that's when public health comes into play. It's protecting populations. Um, And that's why I go to work every day, because I have the chance to 
make an impact on someone's life. So if somebody did ask you, what does public health mean, what would you say? It means really protecting and improving people's health in their everyday lives. I, it's so important. And the work of CDC is so important. And I'm proud to work for the CDC Foundation that really works to extend CV, CDC's life-saving work. Of course, public health is one thing. But as Dr. Besser hinted, uh, the individual health is one's own one's own burden to bear or, or mission to bear. Social campaigns have prov- provided extremely effective at improving public health, you know, the non-smoking campaigns, for example. But sometimes misinformation spreads easily, too, like those that spread among the anti-vaccination or anti or vaccine hesitant groups. Carol Pandak talks about this in episode six about the fight to end polio. Let's hear. You know, it's interesting because in Pakistan, you know, 95 percent of parents are open to immunizing their children against polio. It's really convincing a smaller population who may have some concerns about the vaccine, figuring out how to reach their children with the vaccine. So she's talking about Pakistan. How about here? How do you hope this podcast will contribute to the conversations about public health and policy? So that's a really important question because it's a timely topic right now in our country. And I think that Carol Pandak does a good job of explaining how it can impact folks at a community level. Um, She talks about community mobilizers in that episode as well and how impactful they are in their communities. Um, And she does talk about vaccine hesitancy. Um, A lot of uh, people don't understand the impact of um, what uh, not getting a vaccine can ha- can mean until they see the disease really play out. Um, and if they don't see it, they may not understand it. I'm thinking that, you know, the things that we hear from the CDC, it's often a report quoting this, you know, there are numbers here. What What's the difference in having these kind of conversations and broadcasting numbers? So I don't always think statistics resonate with people as much as stories resonate. People remember stories. And that's really what we're trying to convey in this podcast is the stories behind these inspiring health leaders and how they came to be the CEO of these large organizations or whatever role they may have, or how they're working every day in small and big ways to improve people's health. Well, you do programs at the foundation when it comes to funding and to resources. What can the CDC foundation do that the CDC itself cannot? And why not? That's a good question. So we were created by Congress to mobilize philanthropic resources. So the best example I can give you is during the Ebola outbreak. Mark Zuckerberg decided to give the CDC Foundation $25 million to step in and help provide flexible funding for CDC during the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. So the CDC Foundation was able to step in and provide flexible funding when it wasn't available yet. Yeah. So those things could all, um, I suppose, for the CDC agency, the government agency, they have to be really careful about where they're they're getting funding from. Absolutely. You know, Facebook may not be the most popular thing on Capitol Hill right at the moment. So what kind of feedback have you heard after a season and now into your second season? We've been really pleased with the response so far. We didn't know what to expect. We've never done a podcast before, and we started from scratch, but we've had thousands of people downloading and listening and subscribing, and we've had a lot of engagement in social media, and it's been really exciting. What do you know about your listenership? 
Well, I think students have been the surprise mm-hmm. audience for us. Yeah. We really didn't uh, know that they would be a great audience for us. Uh, like I said, it's really anyone interested in public health. Um, but we've reached such a wide variety of people. And like I said, stories resonate with anyone. So I'm, I hope that this podcast provides an inspiring story for anyone willing to listen about public health. How about your own inspiring story? This is the first time you've ever hosted. What, what, what's that been yes. like for you? It's been amazing. I have a background in media relations and communications. I'm usually on the other side of the microphone prepping people. So this has been really exciting for me and something I never thought I would be able to do in my career. So uh, always when, you know, when you're doing interviews and there's a publicist there or a communications person prepping somebody, have you often thought like, this is how I would ask that question or this is how I would answer it? How's that happening for you now? I try to get out of my own head (laughs) in that way um, because I am a media relations professional, but um, it's good because I try to take my own advice. So where do you plan to go with it after season two? So we plan to get some more thought-provoking, inspiring guests. And we're still in the initial stages of planning the next season, but we're excited to work on it. Do you have a fantasy guest? Ooh, a fantasy guest. Mm. You maybe can't name names. (laughs) I would have to think about that, really, honestly. But there's so many amazing, inspiring people that I would love to talk to. Um, no one's coming to mind at the second. Is, has anybody you know that you run into say like, I heard that and it, you know, it really made me think differently? Yes, yes. I've had a lot of people say that the um, advice from Dr. Sue Desmond Hellman um, to never stop learning really resonated because they were like, my goodness, she's the CEO of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And if she's still learning, then certainly that can be advice for me as well. So after speaking with these people, you know, hearing from these big thinkers who think on the global level, um, and also on the national level, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges for public health? Mm. I think there are so many diseases on the horizon that I hear about that are pretty scary. Flu is something that everybody talks about, uh, no matter what. Um, so many potential outbreaks. And, you know, Ebola is still raging in DRC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the world, I think CDC says that, honestly, an outbreak is only a plane ride away sometimes. And so we really need to be paying attention to what we can do every day All to right, prevent. Then we are going to leave the audience with Shake That Disease by Depeche Mode as we thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Claire Stinson, host of the CDC Foundation's podcast, Contagious Conversations. The second season just launched, and you can look at your favorite podcast purveyor and subscribe.